Hi, I'm Alul. Sup, I'm Boo. Yeah, I'm Alul. This is the voice of Canberra Youth. And this is the voice of Multicultural Youth. The show about multiculturalism, diversity, sharing experiences, and achieving goals. Stay tuned for our wonderful interviews and good music for you to enjoy. You are listening to the Multicultural Youth Program on FM. Live Thursday, 6 till 7 p.m. Hi, right, guys. Welcome to 98.3. This is the Multicultural Youth Radio. And yeah, we have a guest today. Uh, yes, we've got Rayhan with us. Welcome to the show, Rayhan. How are you going? Hi, guys. Good, thanks. Um, good to be here. Yeah, we've got Rayhan in to talk a bit about his travel. He's been pretty much all, all around the world on the back of a bike. So um, we'll be interested to hear some stories from that. But why don't we start off with a trackball? Yep, this is Kenya West. Can't tell me nothing. Uh, yeah, welcome back to 98.3, and we're talking about obese and junk food, fat and all. Yeah, so, so Rayhan, you're telling us that there's a there's sort of a move out there to list the kilojoules of, of junk food with the idea of limiting how much uh, junk food kids eat. Yeah, so I saw um, an article, I think yesterday or today, about, about the, the, the rankings of the, the worst... The, I guess the, the I guess it's all bad junk food, and the uh, Hungry Jacks took took number one prize, something like half the kilojoules of, of an uh, daily intake. So um, yeah, I thought it might be an interesting thing to consider. What do you think, Bull? Do you think kids eat too much junk food? You reckon kids are getting a bit too fat from eating too much junk food? Um, I'm not sure because. Well, I see a few overweight people, but... How, yeah. how much junk food would you eat a week? Um, well, I can eat as many as I want, but I don't gain fat. <laughs> Lucky him. <laughs> Lucky you. Yeah, yeah, I used to be like that. <laughs> you Not so much then you, anymore. Then you, yeah. <laughs> so would it be two to three times a week or three something to four, like, something like that? Yeah, but I don't like spending my money anymore for some reason. No, what are you talking days. about? We went to Subway last time when we I took you home. So what are you talking about? That's a long time ago. What was that? Two weeks ago. Goodness me. <laughs> too long ago. <laughs> so, so what about your friends? Do you reckon they eat too much junk food? <clears throat> yeah. But I don't know. If, nah. Do, they do, you eat. Think, do you think they should, like, people should stop them eating junk food? Or you reckon they just have to nah. figure it out for themselves? No, nah, it's just... Well, their parents are the ones that are giving them junk food. Mm. And sometimes it's... They have a schedule. They can eat as much or like this day, and they can't eat as much that day. Can't eat once a week, something like that. I don't know. I think it's I think it's an age thing as well, isn't it? I mean, I mean, probably Christian. I'm sure you had a bit of junk food when you were young. I used to work at Macca's, you know, so I used to have that after work. And I'm sure Rayhan's, you know, when he was young, had a bit of junk food. Still, mate, hasn't got off yet. <laughs> but I think with age, like, I, I don't eat any junk food now. I don't know about you. Are you the same yeah, as well? Yeah. Well, I think it's like I I know that it's bad for that's me. That's right. Yeah, so I think that's what it is. Right. That when you're younger, you don't necessarily know that it's bad for you. It kind of tastes good. And that's it's right. Quick. And you know you you know you, when you're used to eating some pretty dry food at home. <laughs> yeah. Not that my mother was a bad cook. Yeah. But, you know, it's not always it would have changed. Yeah. yeah, it's not, yeah. You know, it's not as tasty as a burger. Yeah. Yeah, but should the government be controlling it? Mm. No. Mm. No. No. Straight away, no. What? What? what why? Why do you say that? Because then people won't be free, man. It's their choice to eat or not. That's like taking something that's good away from you. Man. Yeah. 
But it, we know that there's a lot of bad food out there, you know, like with Maccas and but, Hungry Jacks, you know. But if people say you can't eat what you don't want to eat, what you want to eat, then it's like somebody else controlling you. Okay, so then what would you what would you suggest in terms of getting people to reduce their cholesterol levels or just reduce their junk? Because a lot of kids like to go. I mean, you know, here's five bucks for mum. Let's go and buy some candy. Or let's go and buy a whopper. Do you reckon they should maybe provide some information? They do it now, don't they? With the the packaging, you know, it's. I think some of them do it voluntarily. Yeah. Okay. But not everyone. Okay. Do, do you do you reckon people out there know that it's bad for them? Do you reckon everyone knows? Well, if you think about it, think about the Macca's at the moment. They're going for this health-conscious snacks and, you know, making sure people... I mean, people are very conscious. I think They just want to be cool, man. They just want to be cool. It's all that, man. <laughs> what about smoking, though? People know. That, that's good. that's a good one, yeah. So, they, do. they do now. Not always, though. Hmm. Yeah, come on. Should people be allowed to smoke? I, say, I don't want to smoke. Because you know so it's As long as, long as you, they yeah. know the effects of it. That's right. Huh? So oh. as long as you know, like, there was a time when people didn't know smoking was bad for them. So people would do it. Maybe it's the same with junk food. Uh, I think people know that junk food is bad for you. But it's just the taste that it gives you, man. It's just you can't get enough of it. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably more education needs to be out there, doesn't it? I think, you know, not everyone knows. I mean, I've seen... I'm sure we've all gone through, uh, you know, we've all worked in certain areas where we've seen guys and girls just pop a Coke first thing in the morning at 7 a.m. and have another one at 11 and 12, and you're just like, do you know what that's doing to you? <laughs> you know? That's addiction, um, man. That's <laughs> probably, yeah, there you go. But I think there needs to be more I mean, education to get people uh, aware of what they're eating. And I, think, I think Bull's right. If you start yeah. taking away choices, oh, yeah, I, people yeah, have. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah where's the limit? Absolutely, what, absolutely. What? But I certainly think that we should be educating people. That's probably you know, where the, the government can really come in and provide that information. What do you reckon, Ray? Huh? You know, I, I read something um, on Ro- Russ, Russell Kogan, the, the Kogan guy, Okay. Um, had an article in, in something recently and he said his, his firm does not believe in training because mm-hmm. they've got Google. <laughs> and, and if anyone wants to find out the information, they can. Mm. So maybe it's a similar situation. Mm. We, we got the information. Do we need the government so to hand there. it to us in a, in and a, people on a know. platter? Like yeah. You could think about it on so many different scales. It's not just for food, but everything, right? Yeah, for you know, everything. Uh, issues mm. that, you know, when it, goes to, when it comes to voting, you know, show people that are It's just, you know, it's, it, sound, it sounds like we're all sort of coming down on the same spot. I think so. so. It's a matter of choice as long as people are aware. We shouldn't yeah. be restricting people's choices, but yeah. making sure that they know what they're doing. Take the time to read the nutri- nutritional facts, you know, when you're ordering a burger or, you know, ordering a, an up-and-go no. or whatever. That, that's ruining the fun, man. <laughs> you, you don't bring you, once you know it's bad it. for you, yeah. No, no, like, you can't, you can't order a burger and see all these bad pictures yeah. on it. Oh, man, <laughs> loves, you have to read that before you eat. Nah, that's not cool. Sign that's a disclaimer, cool. hey? I think, yeah, I think he's just put me down right there, dude. That's, that's yeah. it. <laughs> that's it yeah. I think once he's a little older, we'll be able to figure it out. We'll be able to drum it into him. But no, I think you're right. That's a very good point. All right, we're going to go to another song and we'll be back with what we're talking about. What are we going to do? What are we playing? Uh, this is Birdman number one, Stunner. Oh, welcome back. Uh, that, that <laughs> let's, let, let's, let's try that one again. <laughs> what happened? Picked the wrong track. That one sounded pretty good to me, I, I, but I, I, yeah. I don't know. I, I keep getting criticised by these guys for my paid out whoa. for my music taste. Yeah, oh, wow. Wow. apparently it's yeah. I was listening to some Vampire Weekend, and apparently okay. yeah, apparently it's too Mickey Mouse. All the all the guitar. 
Like it needs to have a good beat. I don't know whether you guys have had a look at Google. Just going off topic altogether. I don't know whether you had a look at Google this this morning. They have this really cool thing, this interactive guitar, and it's to remember. It's in the memory of Les Paul, the famous musician. And what you can do is, if you scroll your mouse over the Google um, sign, plays a tune. So get on the Google tonight if you can and have a look at this. It's really cool. All right, I got the right song, and okay. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, why we sort that out? Why don't we talk a bit about why I've got Rayhan in today? The <laughs> next thing is we've got one of our rare studio guests in for a, for a change. So Rayhan's um, done a bit of travel from Beijing to London on the back of a motorcycle. Why don't you tell us a, <laughs> a bit more detail about where you went? Yeah, so last year um, in February, I set off from um, well Guangzhou in southern China. Uh, I went all through through the east coast of China to Beijing, and from Beijing I went to India and went all the way through India up to Pakistan, across into Western China, and then from there into Central Asia, and um, did the Southern Himalayas route basically um, through Central Asia and into Iran, okay. Middle East, yeah. and from the Middle East up into Turkey. And across from Turkey to Greece, and all through the European Union, until and and I think it was 360 days later, I arrived. I arrived. Yep, yep. Arrived in London. Oh wow! And um, it was on the back of a bike. Yeah, well, uh, on top of a bike. Yeah, (laughs) by myself. Yeah, (laughs) just hanging on. Um, yeah, with uh, so my whole world was on uh, on my bike, and and um, it really gave me uh, changed my perspective. Experience. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What an amazing experience. Yeah, yeah, it really was. It was really defi- It was a defining experience of my life. Well, sorry, sorry. Before you go, I'll say, we'll, we'll, why don't we cut to the to the music break, and we'll hear a bit more about the okay. the trip after. So, what prompted you to get into to, to do this? I mean, this is overwhelming. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. Well, uh, I guess it was the number of things. I finished uni. Um, wanted to cap that off. Okay. Uh, but also, you know, it's it's very easy, especially in this town, to go straight from school to uni to job, and then before you know it, you're um, you're, you're in a career. Yeah, yeah. And you're committed, and you've got a mortgage, and. And um, and that's it. That's that's um, that's the that's the path. And um, you know, it's that is a great path, mm. as as many people around the world <clears throat> showed me, because that that was that was um, what they were interested in doing. But I just thought, you know, I'm going to do something different. I wanted to challenge myself mm. a bit, and uh, I'd been reading about. Um, Two guys, um, Bin Battuta, you might okay. have heard from, heard about. He's a Muslim traveller from the 14th century, and a Moroccan guy, and um, of course everyone's favourite Marco Polo. Hmm. And they left <coughs> around my age. They were early 20s when they left. And I thought, you know, they they learned a lot on their time, and we, we still learn from their travels. Uh, Marco Polo's travels. Uh, are still like a standard, the the greatest travel book ever written type thing. Um, and I thought, you know what, that that would be something good to do. And 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 did you did you wing this? I mean, don't always, but did you? How did you plan it? No, what was a lot no. of planning involved? I got a lot of help from um, a good friend of mine, who's also my uncle. Okay. And my parents as well. Okay. Um, and and 
and lots of other people out there in on the internet mm. uh, about where to go and and what to see and how to do it. Mm. And so originally I was going to do it with uh, my uncle, but he he was not able to to make it in the end. So um, so yeah, I thought well, I'll do it myself and uh, yeah, and set out and on that first night. I really felt alone. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Paul, have you got a couple of questions? Uh, what were some of the interesting cultural differences? You know, um, it's a good question because we, you know, so much we hear about in the news and, and so much of our politics are about differences, you know. But there are a lot of similarities. Most people around the world, they want the same things. They express it differently, but they want the same things. They want safety security, improve, uh, have their kids grow up, good education, life better than their own. And they want, they want to work and they want to be, live an honest life. Yeah. They might express it a bit differently, but pretty much everyone wants that. Mm. Uh, so that's, I think, a similarity. That's the similarity around the world. And if people can understand that, I think we'd have a lot less problems than we do. Mm. Did you find any sort of cultural barriers when you got to a country like language yeah, barriers yeah. or things like that that made it difficult yeah initially? well yeah yeah but you know a smile and a like open open arms goes a long way you know and uh of course language barriers um but everyone if they're if they know another language than their own it's english and uh or they're near someone who knows it so I was in China many times. Uh, the old man, he'd, he'd find some like three, four-year-old to come over and translate for him because they're all learning English <coughs> from, from very young. And uh, yeah, I'm, it really, English is a universal language, so that helped. But you get, you get by with gestures and, and, uh, and, and you've got to take, but you've got to take a risk as well. You've got to say, yeah, this guy's going to help me or he's not. And I think a lot of pe- trouble people run into, it's, it's, it's to do with things like that. They're not friendly, they're not open, they're too suspicious. You've got to be careful, of course, but you've got to stay open. Yeah. Any, any interesting cultural things? Like, you know, you, know, you see some cultures, people are like, they'll, they'll have a friendly conversation, but they'll be really close to you. Like, they won't respect, you know, personal space or things yeah. like that. Was there any yeah. other cultural things you found in, in some of those yeah, countries? Yeah, look, a thing... I'm, I'm not a big, uh, a big foodie, right? I don't eat a lot of... <laughs> Someone went all over the world. That's... Oh, yeah. that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I usually, like, I, I turn up at the uh, Chinese restaurant now. I don't really need to even put my order in. Someone else will order for me. Um, <laughs> Spring roll. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but uh, China really challenged that because, you know, they eat everything. Well, mm-hmm. I think the, the old saying is is uh, everything with four legs except a table and everything, <laughs> everything that flies except a plane. Um, so I was in, uh, remember in Guangzhou and, and heading through, going through a uh, food market there and there was, there was a bowl of scorpions, there was uh, a, a bucket of snakes, turtles, that's a bit tame, but also <laughs> half a crocodile. You know you're in trouble when the safest thing on the menu is it's a, turtle. a turtle. But there was half a crocodile. Half a crocodile. Half a crocodile. Wow. So, yeah. 
So uh, obviously someone had bought the other half. There you go. <laughs> was it the front um, half? Good already. No, it was the back half with <laughs> yeah. the legs and the tail. So um, yeah, so that that's very much and and food is such a big uh, part of their culture and all, all old cultures. Um, they've got a big thing about food. So all the time I'd have to push myself to 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 eat the thing that was looking back at me, or uh, you know. Eat something that that had had um, various strange colours, you know, stuff like that. You just and no one could explain to me what it was either. So you just have to take the plunge and and hope it was um, hope hope it didn't destroy your insides. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, was, was there a few things. occasions like that? Yeah, not as many as I was prepared for. I think my medicine kit took up you know half my storage space, <laughs> but. Uh, uh yeah of course um the india experience uh that's always 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 um something you get from traveling to india and uh uh once i got to yeah other than yeah that was that was about it and and um i think obviously you get a bit you drink a bit too much and that that has negative effects but i can't fault the the culture for that uh and uh <laughs> Yeah, so goes, goes back to our conversation before. That's before. right. <laughs> a ban on alcohol, <laughs> ban on this and ban on that. Yeah, I'm yeah. interested to know about your experience through traveling through uh, the Middle East. I mean, what was that like? Yeah, yeah. You know, looking back on it now, um, especially in the situations we have now, I just thought, wow, I got in there, it got in there at the right time because Middle East is full of lovely people. Hospitality is, yeah, has yeah. no bounds. And Iran. Yeah. You know, my, yeah. some of my favorite countries were Iran and Pakistan. And all you hear about it, or all we hear about them in the West, bad things, you know. And um, the people were really lovely and really open, open and really friendly. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd turn up in places in, Iran, in the south of Iran, you know, c- the conservative areas, uh, and there'd be, I, I remember one, one time where I really, I ran out of water and I was a long way away from, from town. And it was a really hot day, 40 degrees, you know, 100% humidity type thing. And I turn up at this, uh, I, I just needed to get some water. So I go to, to an old lady's, uh, go to a house and this lady opens and uh, opens the door and obviously spoke no English, invited me in. It was just her and her daughters, husband and uh, brother and all of that were out, took me in, gave me water, cooked up a meal, sat me down in front of the air conditioner, which I fell asleep in front of, (laughs) and uh, and without any English, we we had this uh, couple of hour long interaction. Phil, yeah, gave me all the water, gave me food to take away, and uh, we went we went on our way. She, she, I, I don't think she could have ever conceived of anything more foreign than mm. a guy turning up on a motorbike mm. at her door, hundred kilometres from Bandar Abbas, mm. and yet it was just without question, water, food, uh, no problems, and um, plenty of stories like that all through that region. Mm. Uh, and I went to to uh, Israel, Palestine, and uh, Jordan, as well, and and Turkey. And the food was fabulous. Um, yeah, the people were fabulous, and it's it's just a great region. And all we hear about is is, is the bad things, but it's not true. 
Do you want to ask another question, Bob? Um, any contact with the police or bodyguard? <laughs> yeah, plenty, plenty. Uh, I was... Uh, I, 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 I languished for, uh, for, for many hours in the custody of uh, the Iranian security forces. Oh, wow. And uh, on a couple of occasions. And um, other than that, I had a really thorough search in China coming from Pakistan. Um, so went, sorry, from Pak- how did you from so Pakistan went, to China? How did sorry? Just so, yeah, so up yeah. up the Karakulam yep, Highway. Yep, so yep. Uh, that that's been in the news a bit yes, as well. Yes, yes yeah. it has. And um, so I went. That, that's the only only route up, and that was flooded. Okay, recently. That's right. So so I had to get a helicopter ride there. Wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the Pakistani army flew me across. Um, no questions asked. Uh, and um, yeah, and the, the the Chinese were very very uh, thorough in their searches, uh, about two hours, and they went through all of my photos as well. Uh, there was about five thousand photos at that point. So yeah, click. It was a it was a scene out of the movie. We were all standing around, and it was a dark room. There's this thin Chinese man uh, smoking a cigarette. And uh, a couple of down lights with the smoke wafting through, <laughs> as this guy went click, click, click through the photos. Mm. Thankfully, he got bored after the after the first five hundred or so because the the, the juicy stuff was later on <laughs> uh, <laughs> coming through Pakistan and yeah. all of that. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I found I was not searched uh, at all um, after that, and actually, I got all the way to London without ever having my passport looked at. Um, so all through so all Europe. All the way from China yeah. to London. Yeah, yeah, all the way. Yeah. No, 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 from, from, from Turkey onwards. Yeah, I got the passport looked at, but no one ever looked through my, my staff. Um, I think it was just a novelty of, of, of the guy on the bike from Australia. And uh, are you sure you're not from Austria? <laughs> no, Australia, it's down, it's down there, yeah. uh, and some of these people didn't even know really. Um, one of the questions I got asked was, "Oh, what do you speak down there? Is it is it German? Is it is it French?" I was like, "Oh, I hadn't really even thought that people would 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 ask that." But yeah, uh, but yeah, so they were good. It was a good good experience. Uh, border guards go. Yeah, back for the song and yeah, third time lucky. Uh, what was the most interesting from the trip? Um, I get to ask that a lot, but uh, I think I think as I was saying, Iran and uh, and Pakistan were both really interesting countries for me because um, I I guess I was brought up with particular views of the place, um, informed by our media and and uh, what what we get taught about these areas and to go there and see on the ground how different things were uh, in, in many respects. In some respects, uh, it is the way we're told. It's a repressive place. Repl- rep- well, especially Iran, it's a very repressive place. Um, did you get a sense of that when you were yeah, there? Yeah, or, or did you think definitely, that most people yeah. are just going about yeah. their lives and they don't necessarily notice? No, I mean, people adjust, but the fact that I couldn't go outside in shorts made made me think 
uh, you know, brought home the the things to me, and especially for the for the women, uh, things are really tough there with the with 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 the clothes they have to wear and the exposures they've got um, to the, the the various moral police. Um, on the other hand, I think when you've been there a while, and and I I was there for two months, you you adjust and you accommodate. And and they do, and they get they get along, and they they adjust, but they shouldn't have to, in these ways. And it's not probably not good for for the health of their society to have to do that. I've I've heard that in, in Iran the goalposts tend to move very often. Is that something yeah. that you experienced as well? Yeah, I think, um, and in many ways, like it's not just in the sense that the the laws change, or you can have. Uh, a crackdown on vice, for instance, uh, where, where, for instance, um, they'd have, uh, they'd get to, the girls would get to a point where they could, they could expose a bit of hair, but then the next day, they'd have this crackdown without any kind of warning. So you're constantly on your toes, like aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it also means that security and opportunity is is not available for everyone. So if you're on the inside. If you're part of the regime, totally different rules, and uh, I, I really got a sense of that. Yeah, you, there's a lot of wealth there, but it's a very small amount of people, and it doesn't flow through to to the the man on the ground, the woman on the ground. Yeah. What were some of the other highlights? Like it's such a big trip. There must be. Yeah. A whole yeah. array of amazing. Did you write a diary? I just want to ask. Did you? Did I you kept, know? Not, you kept, yeah, sorry, kept, yeah, writing, kept, kept a diary. Notes, yeah. Um, well, not good. I, I tried to keep. I, my, the quality of my notes declined, but at the moment, yeah, I'm trying to consolidate those. Okay. And, and uh, okay. maybe I'll do a book one. Day. Okay. No, I think yeah. it'll be great. <laughs> I, I think I'm pictured as well. It'll be yeah, great. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Christian. Yeah. Um, oh, so yeah, I was just asking about some. Yeah, of the some other, of the other highlights. The other um, you know, Turkey, for instance, I hear. Is, yeah, is Turkey's amazing. fantastic, but it's a uh, it's also a very varied country. So in the east, I actually surprising. I went from Iran into this eastern eastern Turkey, and there was a lot of a uh, lot of uh, military action going on against the PKK, uh, their, their Kurdish group there, and uh, I hadn't actually had fighter jets fly over me at high speed going on bombing runs until I got to Turkey, and that's something we we don't we don't really hear much about either. Uh, I remember coming around a, a, a turn in the road and having a tank pointed straight down the road straight at me, and uh, that was Turkey, eastern <laughs> Turkey. But then, when you get into the West, it is uh, it is it is as modern and like um, normal, I guess, as as we'd expect. Uh, uh, but I I think the one of the the best things for me is that I was in a place in in a situation in many of these places where I was totally on my own. Going back to our nanny state discussion before, uh, and that was one of the greatest things for me was that I was by myself and I lived and died literally in some cases by potentially uh, <laughs> lived, by obviously. yeah <laughs> uh, lived and could have died by my own uh, decisions and there was no one there to back me up which was good good situation to be in that's a good question I don't know I don't know if anything you haven't that's all man and uh, having uh, a technical difficulty again. <laughs> I don't know if any. 
Well, what about okay? Well, what did you what did you learn, Rahan, from all this? I mean, we've we've obviously talked about your your experience on on yeah. being overseas, but what did you learn as a person? Yeah. I mean, yes, you were by yourself. You gained a lot of independence, but what did you learn about yourself? And yeah, a couple of things. Um, first, I guess the I I was taught to not just believe what I was being told, and not even just believe what I I believe to be true. You know, it's very easy to get um, get find people who kind of self-select in some ways to reinforce your own beliefs. But I think you always have to be open to the possibility that you're wrong. You have to keep an open mind, and you have to you have to um, keep an, keep open the possibility that there's things from different perspectives. Um, and I had to do that all the time, and I had to always challenge my own notions about people and about places. Uh, I learnt my limits in terms of um, I think I discovered that I'm not a uh, a, a person a lonesome per, uh, a person who can be alone in the sense of like no one around uh, I felt that quite keenly on in, in a number of places in Central Asia where I was really in a remote locations where there was nothing there was no there was no prospect of people coming there was no uh, no phone coverage there was no uh, no signs of civilization and I think we forget how how rare how rare that is you know even if you go into Central Australia or something like that um, there, there are people coming through or there you you can you can probably get rescued, uh, but in some of these places there's there's nothing and no one knows you're there even. So uh, that that was another important thing I learned. Um, yeah, I think those are the main things. Um, well, I get that you travel on a motorbike, but how did you go country to country? Uh, so I took the bike over the borders. Um, how far I, did that take? So that was it. Was about thirty thousand kilometers in the end, I think. Yeah. How long does it take you from one country, like Iran to China, or something? Um, so it, some countries I only had the chance to spend a couple of weeks. Um, so Kazakhstan was a country I would have liked to have spent more time, uh, but because of the visas and because you kind of get stuck in particular places beforehand. It all kind of compresses. Uh, so that I, w- I was only there for one week. Uh, yeah, what I'm saying is, like, how how long would it, how long did it take you on the bike, like on the highways, borders, and all, traveling on your bike? Yeah, so I took the whole year, but I'd stop occasionally, right. uh, and to some places I'd stayed for a long time. But you do 80 kilometers an hour, usually, average. Oh. Yeah, but do you mean across crossing the borders? Yeah, crossing the borders. Sometimes it took hours. Sometimes it was ten minutes. Uh, yeah. So as I said, with uh, going from Pakistan to China, it took two hours. Um, some places I thought it was going to be really hard, and they let me straight in. Like uh, going into Pakistan from India, going out of India was took a long time. Going to Pakistan, it was three minutes maybe. They said, "Do you have any?" Drugs? Do you have any alcohol? I said no and no. And they said okay. <laughs> Literally, Maybe they just like that. Because I know he's keeping you here. Yeah. yeah. All right, we'll go to another song and we'll be back. Hopefully, this one works. Welcome back to nine eight point three, and this is the Mojo Culture Radio, and we have a guest in. Uh, yep, and what? 
Yeah, so I was just interested um, to ask whether you met many travellers of similar mind as you were travelling around. Yeah, uh, not not many coming from south to north because I guess there are uh, not many countries down south that people are crazy enough to do these things. Uh, but you get plenty of Europeans going, um, especially Poms. They like to come to Australia, so they they go down across uh, through through Russia and and down into China sometimes, or or um, into across into India and then around to Southeast Asia and go through that way. Uh, but yeah, you get all sorts of people travelling. So sorry, are they on bikes as well? Or are they like uh, some, trains some, and buses? Most and people, not many people have have motorbikes do this yeah yeah they all think it's too crazy i i heard a story about a guy who met a a couple from the netherlands who had a donkey and they took the donkey from the netherlands uh biblical style you know i think mary and jesus Uh, type thing they had uh, yeah they had their they had their stuff on the donkey and they walked the donkey all the way to um to pakistan um got through Pakistan all right and they got to India and India wanted a uh, vaccination certificate for their (laughs) health certificate for the donkey so uh, sounds like good old English bureaucracy bureaucracy I was about to say that that's right that's right and so they had to go back to Islamabad and get a uh, get their uh, their vet in the Netherlands to to send a certificate to the embassy and with that, they managed to get through into India with their donkey. So I don't know what, where they were going. I think they were going around the world, uh, and maybe they're still out there. It's a fascinating wow. tale. <laughs> yeah. Fascinating tale. Sorry, Bull. How much was the overall cost for your trip? Oh, that's... You that's, well talk about that. <laughs> yeah, mate. It, was, it took a lot of saving, let's say. Um, um, there's a lot of money that goes into taking the bike. Like just just the transport cost about six thousand dollars in the end. Uh, you have to do all these permits and stuff, which cost a couple of grand. I don't know in the end, but it mm. was tens of thousands. Mm. But but it was worth it. every totally, penny. Yeah. it's worth every so penny. You never you 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 remember the you you remember the good experiences, but you don't remember how much it cost. So mm. yeah. Priceless experience. That's right. That, that's where we Sorry. should leave the show on a note. That's a fantastic yeah. way to end the show, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So have we yeah. convinced you about traveling, Paul? You got any travel plans after hearing that? Yeah, it'd be cool to do the same thing. Yeah, get on a car somewhere. Get on a car. Get on a car. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, uh, yeah. I'll give you my notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll be too scared to get on a bike. Some, a lot of things going to happen. Like that. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty... Yeah, I'll give you my notes. Talk to me afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've got a song. Well, this well, one think, is... I think we might have to wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah, this is the last song. So why don't we thank Ray Hunt. Ray Hunt's a pleasure, mate. Pleasure here. to have you here. Thank you. It was great to be in. <laughs> All right. Well, listen back next show. What have we got next? show is next with Kerry. And yeah, this is Little Wayne John. <laughs>